sexy business. I think I should take my boots off. I think you should take your trousers off. We're going to get there, Brian. <laughs> We're going to get there. They're going to be a little loud on this floor. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's good looking out. Yeah. You, know. you want some slippers? Um, uh, okay. I'm good. Uh, okay. I'm good. All right. I like this better. Okay. All right. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking Miguel. We can swear, too. Thank goodness. You should say thank fucking goodness. You know what I'm saying? Really? Fucking thank goodness. I mean, don't exploit it, you know? No, certainly not. Okay, good. No, definitely not. Uh, Miguel Melgoza, welcome to the podcast. What's the name of the podcast again? So the story goes. I think that's a great idea. Thank you, baby. Great song. Appreciate you. Yeah. Are you on that? You're on that song. I'm not sure that I am. Yeah, you're playing congas. Really? See, si, I like that. Congas. Well, listen, I'm glad to be here, man. Oh, man, cheers. Yeah, salud. No rules to this podcast. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got... I got... I'm not a fan of the rules. So. I got I got some mayonnaise in the fridge. We could just really get into some yeah. shit. I'm more of a rubber sheet and Crisco guy, but... Uh, classic. Yeah, it is. It's That's a yeah. classic move. It's kind of my thing right now. Bay Area thing. But just get, give our... Give the the throng the thousands, hundreds of thousands throngs. Of, I the, like throngs. You like throngs better? Yeah. 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 Uh, let the throngs of listeners know just a little bit of your background, where you grew up, uh, and 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 the early vibe uh, of of your life, as it were. So I grew up in uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I was born in a town called Richmond, and uh, it it also borders an even smaller town called San Pablo and they're kind of within stone's throw of each other. And, and, uh, I was there born in 1972. Nice. So right at the beginning, right at the end of the, right. um, you know, the war situation and the beginning of, of whatever the hell the seventies was. Right. Um, I have memories of just hunking, uh, dull, uh, uh pieces of metal driving by with, you know, Spewing smoke out of their uh, out of their exhaust pipes and uh, you know big uh-huh. cars. Everything yeah. was big yeah. and it was seemed. My memories of the seventies were that everything was rather muted. Uh huh. You know, in terms of the the colors of the clothes that people were wearing, it, it wasn't yeah. like like we see now. And maybe that's because uh, <laughs> the TV sucked back then. I don't know, right. but that's right. it's that's what I have in my mind. Yeah. And uh, pops are and my mom are both from uh, like third generation. Mexican Americans, so mm-hmm. so English was pretty much the primary language that we spoke in the house, and uh, there was there was a a, a, a nice little kind of uh, a, a mixture of of Spanish language music and whatever was hot on the radio back then. So, do you know do you know where in in Mexico? Yeah, uh, Dad, Mom's mom Mom is uh, is adopted, so we don't have a whole lot of information there. Um, and but we we did know we knew enough i guess but i don't know exactly what part of mexico her folks are from uh but my dad is is from michoacan mexico mm-hmm. yeah and where is that I, i'm not super um it's on. down south i'm i'm sorry to say that i'm not really familiar with it cuz i've never i've never been mm. and it's been calling me like in the I was last just 15 say, years yeah but when it when it when i really had the call to go there things were were kind of bad because it's you know it's certainly oh. a Part of the the country that's suffered a, a lot from the drug trade and yeah 
And uh, so I just have honestly I've just been too chicken to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I, I wish that um, I was I was more uh, I was less risk averse, as right. they say. Right. Yeah. Because that that's that's a, that's going to be a big uh, a deal for me. I know just emotionally and, and in terms of um, you know, the arc of my life. Like I want I want to go there. There's even a right. town called uh, Las Melgosas. No kidding. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's so, it. so I have a, a lot of uh, I'm sure family there that I mm. just simply don't know. Yeah. You're walking down the street and you run into like your cousin or something. Well, it would be interesting to see someone that looks like me. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like I don't, sure. I don't, I guess I kind of resemble my parents, but it would be very interesting to see that. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just, I think it would go a long way in, in terms of making me feel a bit more complete. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, I mean, that's intense, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, where my that generation well i mean my father's side uh french canadian my mother's side kind of just uh uh a mix of uh western european but the, okay when did they come over though <clears throat> that's a great question my my grandmother on my mother's side nana would always say that our uh one of our ancestors because her her maiden name was carver and I think one of the first mayors of Boston was a carver. Hmm. I, you know, she says that we go back to the to the Mayflower, but that's basically what every family in in New England says. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm like, oh no, we Chip Jones. He's our whatever. <laughs> he was the he was the first uh, <laughs> hangman. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's yeah, Western European mutt. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is you, you if you go to Montreal, um, and again, this is my father's side, uh, and you open the phone book, they're just pages and pages of Chartrands. Wow. Which is bananas because I rarely hear- You're the of, first uh, one I've ever met. Of other Chartrands, you know, but it's- Yeah. I think there's a dog fight going on outside. Hold on. Oh, God. <clears throat> there's like a chihuahua and a lab. Oh, they're getting at it, man. They're getting after it. I'm not sure you want to get in the middle of that thing. Sounds pretty- uh, Pretty serious. Yeah, I, I I don't have that situation. So most of the time, if I would say my name, and it still happens, they would just write down Mendoza, mm. which is super common. Mm -hmm. But I think I've met, outside of my family, two Melgosas in my entire life. Really? Yeah. So it's not that common of a, of a, of a name. And I don't, I don't know the... I guess it's not etymology. That's probably not, not the word for it. But there's something about the Spanish surnames that have Z's in them. That's huh. just interesting to me because yeah. there's not a whole lot of them, you know? Really? Yeah. There's not a Saragossa. Um, gosh, my name, there's not a whole lot of Z's in there. Yeah. And I just wonder where that, what, what right. the whole deal is. Right. With that. I think yeah. you're right. I think it is. A, a, is it etymology or entomology? No. Entomology is insects. Right. I think it's etymology. Yeah. You know, know what? Just, you know what? That's no, not. One more tequila. And I'll, I'll probably have the answer. <laughs> Whether it'll be right is uh, questionable, it's, it's, but I'll have yeah. an answer for you. <laughs> and then, all right, so growing up in the Bay Area in yeah. the 70s, 80s, yeah. kind of suburbia, though. I mean, not like yeah, no, I wasn't, Fran or whatever. Mm -mm, I wasn't in the no. city proper. In fact, I I never, our family never really visited the city. We mm -hmm. didn't really have a whole lot to, to do with, with that. It mm -hmm. seemed like a different culture, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, even though I would say that my my dad and my uncles were 
were definitely there were still remnants of the hippie culture in the mm -hmm. terms of the length of their hair, the way that they dressed. Mm -hmm. um, my godfather, who's my dad's brother, rode a Harley and looked like, like you know, uh, any anything you would the stereotypical like seventies mm -hmm. man in his twenties or thirties right. or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was such a special place to to grow up, especially uh, like culturally speaking, because you know we had like one 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 neighbor was from like the south. And then there was a, a, a African American family on the other side, and then there was a, like a, a Puerto Rican or a Central American person across the street, mm -hmm. and then a Filipino mm. person. It was just such super such a diverse. Oh yeah. my God, absolutely! And all the kids hung. Absolutely. Yeah. And and yeah, you would at that time I was obviously eating meat, but you know the the. the there was like an interchange in culture in terms of food, you know, mm -hmm. like, cool. Obviously. We, and I'm sure music, right? I mean, you, I didn't, I don't really experience too many uh, of, uh, I think everyone thing, interesting thing about, I guess maybe all big cities, but especially the Bay area is that we all speak English the same way. Like, no kidding. Yeah. There's so, a Bay area. Well, accent. Yeah, I mean, well, where I grew up because it's, it's somewhat urban. Uh -huh. I, I don't know. That's, that's probably a, charged word but it's it's like kind of hood you know in yeah. a sense uh, or just it's definitely working class or it was at that uh -huh. time uh -huh. so i've lived other places i lived here in phoenix for a number of years as well and went to school in different places so i've i learned to change that but huh. in certain times of urgency i that's that's the default is that right yep absolutely and so no matter if you were talking to this to to someone on the phone, um, you would quite possibly think they were black, but it's really it's a Chinese kid, you know, yeah, no or a Filipino kid. Like everybody, all <laughs> kind of talked the same, and it was more of a of a kind of like a, a black kind of uh, Latino kind of mixture of things. Yeah, and, interesting. And so, yeah, very interesting. So when I uh, when when I came to to Arizona. I, I felt like a fish out of water because I didn't dress the same. Like, uh, you know, I was in my teens or whatever. I right. didn't, didn't dress the same. Yeah. Certainly didn't talk the same. And I felt like, um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm kind of uh, it's either empathetic or just simply weak of, of will. <laughs> but I, I wanted to assimilate as yeah. quickly as I could because I didn't want to be that other person. So, right. yeah. And then when I went, ended up, I graduated high school out here and I moved back to the Bay Area. And the first thing they say is like, man, you sound like a white boy. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, can't win. Fucking win here, I can't man. Are you win. kidding me? Jesus. Yeah, but but it's but it's it was beautiful. Like I was pretty upset. I remember when when we had to leave, you know, um, because I I just especially once we got here because there was, you know, I didn't know what a Mormon was until mm -hmm. I moved to Arizona, and and it was you know it's ended up being a lot of my, my best friends, like, right. but I didn't know, like I'd never been in a situation that was that um, culturally uh, uh, just different in terms of uh -huh. like, you know, there's like in high, like, uh, high school, there was like five Latino kids and right. like two black kids and we're right. all right, right. kind of hanging out best with a of fish. Like, yeah, Did man. we just become best friends? <laughs> I think I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, so wait so what year what year was that when you when you got here um i actually came for the first time like around uh god what was it the like junior high school okay yeah, yeah. so i mean you know, we're already kind of formed man i mean yeah. you know and, and uh it, it was rough like i remember 
you know, getting into physical confrontations with kids in the, in the neighborhood. And, you know, there's like, of course there's, there's like racism or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. pick your, your favorite, uh, ism. ism yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that just, I just wanted to have friends, man. And, and, uh, yeah. um, I actually changed my name, uh, for, for a period of time. My mom got remarried and, uh, uh, sadly enough, my dad is the one that offered up the, the option to, uh, to let my stepdad adopt us, mm. which was mm. kind of interesting. Right. Mm. And he, he had a little bit of a bill in terms of, uh, like child support. And, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't present, but my mom and my stepfather flew down to the Bay area and my dad was in court and he asked to address the court story goes. So um, and yeah, asked, he was like, well, is, can't your husband adopt, uh, the kids, you know? And, and, uh, the, the, I remember my mom told me that the judge was so taken aback by that, that uh-huh. he was like, in all of my years, I have never, ever heard that. Wow. Yeah. So he did. And I was actually all about it. Like, please, I'll take your last name because I just uh-huh. don't want to deal with this bullshit. Right. Like, you know, uh, it was so much easier to, to, uh, do that now once i graduated high school and, and uh got a bit more self-aware i've definitely changed my name back but, yeah um wow i didn't know that yeah but it was a it was a uh, it felt great i couldn't is I, that right I, yeah i couldn't wait to be to just be normal man like you know what I, was right? the last name uh s-e-a-y-c i think that's how they pronounce it i don't know i've heard it say c huh yeah he's a um, uh, stepdad was from uh tulsa oklahoma so yeah but it was cool, man, because he was he was a good dude, you know, and, and uh, I mean, gladly adopted my my sister and myself. That's so, cool. Yeah, way cool. So, um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was it was a totally different life. Man, I'm just thinking about like how do you find your sense of self in in yeah. in, in almost like a number of identity crises, right? Where you're used to one thing here. You come here, it's different. You, you know, your mom remarries, your identity changes again. And, and you know, you're, you're a teenager trying yeah. to find yourself. Yeah. Meanwhile, you, you've had all these identity changes already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's just, I'm sure that that was kind of an intense moment. Yeah. I, I, I again, I'm, it's, I'm it's, I say this as not something that I'm proud of although it served me really well my whole life is that I, I, I tend to be my, my ability to adapt right. is, is right. and I don't really have that much of a, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. So, yeah. um, unfortunately, I would say I, you're one of the most easygoing guys I know. <laughs> well, and we have a lot of friends. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Also, a lot of it was just, uh, and I still struggle with this, just being a people pleaser. Like yeah, before right. the show, we were just right. talking about, you know, um, um, sometimes uh, at a gig, at a gig, yeah, being feeling compelled right. to do stuff that you know that the people will right. definitely like, mm-hmm. you know, which in turn can be great for the gig right. and, and for the promoter perhaps, but maybe not so good in terms of self promotion. Right. Right. You know, like maybe it is, I just don't trust my stuff as much. And that, that I can extrapolate that to 
who I am as a person in terms yeah. of like self-worth and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I would rather just please you than really let you know what I would like to do because perhaps my needs aren't that important. Right. right. Or, you know what I mean? Right. That, that's shit for my, my therapist and we're definitely working through that. But, <laughs> but yeah. Well, and it's, and it's, uh, you know, um, the fact that, that I think as musicians last year, um, coming to the realization that a we're non-essential right oh yeah right and when we're not working we can't be who we want to be right because yeah. not only is this a career but it's a passion and it's a love and you, and you you know as musicians or as performing musicians i guess i should say um being able to perform on some level defines you and yeah. when you're not allowed to pursue that what is your identity absolutely and yeah. I mean that on top of everything else, obviously, but, and that was something that I really wrestled with. And and finally, now that things are thawing a little bit, I, you know, just, and I'm taking every gig I, I possibly can mm-hmm. because I have to find my identity again. I have to find my worth, my value, my yeah. self value. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a tank <clears throat> and it's got, it's got to have for me a certain level of fullness right before I can let off the gas a bit right you know and I, again i don't know if that's a a good quality i think it serves my my craft well but um you know I, you, there's not i don't think there's a lot of people that that can say that that they're for better or for worse that their job is part of their identity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i guess i don't think of it as a job but it is the right. way i put food on the table and, <clears throat> and you're absolutely right, right. It's like, right. what am i what do i do what how right. where's my What's, what is my relevance right. if I'm not able to do, um, you know, my, my job right. that I love so much? Do you think that you coming into music was an effort to start to define yourself yeah. as a kid? Oh, God. It, I had absolutely no direction. Yeah. I was bad in school. Huh. Um, I always had a, a fair amount number of friends. I don't think that's really changed all my life. I just... I, I, I love interacting with folks yeah. and I'm pretty agreeable, you know, and get along with most people, but I did not have any direction whatsoever. And I, I, I got into, to music in my late teens. So oh. I came, I came oh, wow. at it pretty late, you yeah. know, but again, I had no, uh, you know, I flailed around at community college and, uh, and, and tried some other things, uh, but, but, uh, music was always something that, that I could be analytical about. And I knew it was the only thing that I had definite opinions on. And did it come, did it come naturally? Were you taking a bunch of uh, lessons or, or yeah. and, and what was your entry into that? I had a, um, I had a, an uncle <clears throat> that, that was a musician back home and he played, you know, percussion and drums. And he was a kind of a mainstay on the, on the Latin jazz and salsa scene out there. And, I already knew that I I was had an interest in, um, in like per, hand, hand percussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana is obviously a big, uh, you know, especially in the seventies and eighties, they were mm-hmm. they were still on the radio and and they're mm-hmm. just they're just uh, he's an icon and the band and all the, the most of the band members are from the Bay Area, so mm-hmm. you get to hear about these local heroes, mm-hmm. and and so I already knew that I had a a, a desire to do that and. Um, my uncle, who actually was, he's not my uncle by blood, but by marriage, uh, was a fantastic performer and a great wealth of knowledge. And mm. I went I went to his garage one time 
Um, well, him and his his buddies were like had like a, a couple bottles of rum between the two of them, and they were playing rumba music, like you know traditional Afro-Cuban rhythms, where each person has a, a particular part to play. And when you put them all together, it's it's a it's a mm. linear kind of melodic kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I I stumbled in there, obviously heard it, and I was just absolutely mesmerized. Like mm. wow, like this is. I, I think even more so than the music was the hang. Like, like mm. these guys were, you know, the rest of the family was in there for this birthday party, but they're drinking, and um, it just it was super fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a romantic thing about that, mm. about about the camaraderie, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is essentially built around this this beautiful art form. Mm-hmm. So I became interested, and um, and again, like probably like. 15, 16, 17. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have money to buy an actual pair of conga drums. So I had, I, I found an old blue, like five gallon bottle mm-hmm. and began like kind of working out on the bottom of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had, I took uh, an informal lesson from my uncle and essentially he gave me all the basic tones that you, that you make with your hands to play the conga drum. Mm-hmm. And spent about four or five months with that blue jug mm-hmm. until and, and worked out on it daily until I was able to afford uh, a pawn shop pair of congas. And wow. Was, yeah. And it was the only thing that ever showed me um, a, a, a positive return. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like even relationships, whether it's your parents or, or, or friends or whatever, you get you put in what you or you get out what you put in and mm-hmm. sometimes not even that. Right. And. In this situation, if I put in an hour of practice, like the next day, it was like I was, I put in two or three hours. So I'm like, wow, what happens if I put in three hours? Mm-hmm. It was like I got six or seven out of it. So it was, mm-hmm. I, I just saw this, this, uh, this return mm-hmm. on my investment that mm-hmm. I'd never seen in anything in life before, mm-hmm. be it physical or emotional or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was off to the races and I was so hungry. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to, to, uh, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole, the, the, the goal, I remember asking God, you know, at the time I still used that word and I use it occasionally now more. It's like the universe, but if I could just play along this particular song on, on this, um, this Santana record that was released the year I was born the records called Caravan Sarai. And I think this song is song for the wind and it's just so beautiful. And I essentially learned how to play, how to how to how to play in an ensemble by listening to that song and i'm like if i can just do that i'll I'm, i'll be good so yeah the rest is all gravy dude that was the goal in the beginning <laughs> wow that's crazy I, I don't know if i can i don't know if i can look back at a at a particular moment kind of with that amount of specificity um i just remember being completely enthralled it was m- you know, music was, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. it. Like, how would you possibly make this sound? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, listening to, you know, I, I grew up uh, with two, I have two older brothers, so they're, they're the music that they brought to the, to the house, my parents' music. But I was just thinking, it, 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 it's like a magic art. It was, it was like, I was like, how do humans, wow. like, how do yeah. they do this? 
And I was just I, so there are no no musical influences in the family, like in, like actual musicians in the family. No, my no my my brother, my middle brother, uh, was a guitar player. He ended up studying jazz guitar at U Miami. Mm-hmm. He's six years older than me. Okay, and he, there was always a guitar around. I mean, I started playing drums in fourth grade. Yeah, you know, because that that was when you picked your instrument for the yeah. school band or whatever. And uh, you know, I, I think secretly I wanted to be in a band with my brother. So like, right. what instrument am I going to play? Um, so started playing drums at an early age. Uh, took a couple years of piano, but that I didn't like playing that music. I, I had to learn a lot of Bella Bartok. I don't know if you classical. I'm not. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and and that didn't really that didn't really whatever excite me. And then you know he always had a guitar around, and I and I was starting to get into singing and. And at the same time, uh, being introduced to all this very different music. So, you know, uh, definitely remember uh, listening to Steely Dan Gold mm. in my uncle's car. Um, I remember the first time I heard Kind of Blue. Uh, and I had, to, I had to take the CD. It was at a party. I had to take the CD away from the party. And I went into another room, shut the door, put it on just listen to it over and over um so there's like those moments but and 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 always always thinking wow how cool would it be just to to make music and have that be your your life like you wake up and you make music and you go to sleep you know oh that's interesting yeah yeah I, i think i was always um just in awe of people that lived that life because because even when i was in my 20s i still had like a little day job or something and yeah. i started knowing guys that were full-time musicians yeah and they'd reach out and be like hey man we're gonna go grab lunch today what are you down what are, you, are you down you know you want to come hang and i'm like no i have to work yeah like you what are you what are you doing yeah. and then i didn't understand it didn't even right it didn't dawn well on the me. whole thing about it just seemed like how are these people existing yeah like, what's the deal what is the deal whatever it is i want to do that yeah whatever that is you know um yeah it spoke very very clearly to me it was you know and, and obviously the image and the 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 myth the i guess the mythos of of a, a, a rock star was yeah, appealing to right. me you know i never i never said oh i want to be famous but i was like no but i would like to i'd like to be gene simmons yeah you know i'd right. love to be on that stage and wear those weird boots and spit out ketchup or whatever yeah and you the nipples those fucking nipples i know the biggest the biggest nipples i've ever seen it's a burnt tortilla man and they could they it. could cut glass this episode of so the story goes is sponsored by my friends over at santan brewing company chandler arizona i went over there today picked up some product and i just cracked sunsplash vodka soda Watermelon smash. It's delicious. It's got St. Anne's vodka with natural flavors and carbonation. It's a cocktail in a can, y'all. 100 calories, zero sugar, gluten-free. I can totally see enjoying one of these by the pool this summer. Floating down the salt river in a tube and a couple of these in your back pocket. Come on. That's a no-brainer. Go check them out. There's more information online, santanbrewing.com. If you live in Arizona and you don't know Santan, come out from under your rock, okay? 
Support my friends over at Santan. Let's get back to the podcast. One of the reasons why we've we've bonded over the years is that we share a love of Steely Dan, and and I've been doing these um, these EPs, and your fine work, uh-huh. good sir, is spackled, <laughs> completely spackled, <laughs> all over those songs, and I love it. I love it too. Yeah. You did an incredible job. Thank you, man. I, you know, the, the best part about those sessions for me were the ones that you were there to produce the session. Mm. Yeah. Because there's no guesswork. Right. I mean, like I know what I'm, what I'm called to do immediately when, when I hear the track, but it's so much easier. And then the hang right. is always. Yeah. It's the hang. <laughs> Absolutely. There's certainly a, a fair amount of whiskey that is consumed in the, pro- yeah. in the process. <laughs> but um, we do get work done. We do. And yeah. then we do celebrate the work that we had just completed. Um, no, I, uh, I just, I, I, that, that band for me, um, I have a thousand, a thousand memories of, of of Steely Dan and their importance to my development, um, mm. to my ear, to my sensibility, um, is it, it, it cannot be understated. Uh, is that what it is? Does that what you say? Cannot be understated or cannot be overstated? Can't be overstated. Can't it's, be it's overstated. Huge. It's, it's huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. I, I don't know about you, but not being. I mean, I definitely went through a jazz phase, even though I don't play jazz music. Um, Certainly not straight ahead. I mean, I I played Latin jazz growing up, but it's essentially salsa music with no lyrics. Sorry, all you purists. Send your DMs to Miggy Mail Music and your hate mail to 3030. I'm kidding. To Brian Chartrand. To Brian Chartrand. Please. Oh, my God. Leave me alone. Didn't ask for this. But... You have, I mean, we, we've talked about this on a, on a number of occasions and we, ha- we, we, we have a gig. Um, I recently asked you for a bio and in the bio, uh, oh, yeah. is a shout out to Steely Dan and, and, and I'm the same way, you know? Um, so I was just curious what, how you got in, uh, when you caught the bug, uh, and some of your favorite kind of Steely, uh, aesthetics and how does that mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So so mom was was uh was primarily responsible for for the introduction cuz I remember the Gaucho record. Mm. I remember Moonflower. So I remember I can't remember which particular Earth Wind and Fire song or a record uh was in the collection that was kind of like a always visible, mm. but there was an Ohio Players oh, yeah. album, an Isley Brothers album and a Commodores record as well. And the one that we I always gravitated to was the Steely Dan thing. And I found out later that the reason why was because of the Fender Rhodes. Oh, yeah. There's something about that, yeah. that Sexy instrument, instrument that's just so amazing. And it's so Steely. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I don't think there's much on the first record, if not any, right? No. No, but, but. It, later, later in their thing. Yeah. The, the, the Rhodes became a very yeah. prominent absolutely yeah 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 and i think that was that was the bug so so it was also the first time that i i i i I got hip to like lyrical content Mm -hmm. and and perhaps um 
not innuendo because it's pretty obvious what they're talking about, but but is it Hey 19 where I felt like I was in on the, not the joke, but I was, yeah. even though I was young and it was the 70s and this song was on the radio, right? Um, I was still in on the, on the like wink of the eye thing because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mom was, was uh, younger than me at that time. She was in her probably uh, early 30s and I could remember like parties at the house and there was like, you know, they were smoking weed, they were doing hash, you know, it might have been a little bit of coke and, and whatnot. Um, but there but there was never an issue. Like everyone was super cool, everyone yeah. had a job. It was just a right. thing that you did, right. you know, and, and right. um and I hope my mom doesn't mind me saying this, but her her coke dealer at the time <laughs> and it was a, a situation where if she knew there was gonna be a party, yeah, we would drive out to Walnut Creek and I won't say the gentleman's name, even though he's no longer with us. Chip Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, Stukes. exactly. Jip Johnson, we'll call him. Jip Johnson. Yeah, instead of Chip. No. Yeah. yeah. We're we're gonna, gonna, right, 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 right. So we would drive out there, and I remember the coolest Filipino dude that you ever want to know. Just like, I'm, I'm like, can he be my dad? She's like, no, honey. <laughs> yeah, he was just so cool. And I remember they had like, you know, it's the seventies, dude. There's all this wicker furniture in the yes, house. They had yeah. like a like a tropical bird flying around. Yes, it course. was so beautiful. And I'm all like, I love you, and I'm petting it like a white cat <laughs> while I'm sitting down at a in a leather chair. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. You get your eye patch on. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe not on your eye, but somewhere <laughs> on your body. I got a, a patch on me. Oh, I tell you that oh, it's hey, a patch, hey, sir. Hey. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm about to lose my train of thought. Uh, but yeah, so, so it was just a thing. And it was, a, anyhow, the lyric that we were talking, or it was the chorus for Hey 19, I yeah. think. Uh, or no, is it Hey 19? I'm not sure. And so it's the Cuervo Gold, the Fine, the fine Colombian. Colombian. Yes. I knew what that meant. M- make tonight a wonderful thing. Yep. No, no. We can't dance. We can't. It is Hey 19. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Because for better or for worse, I was in on the on the the like the jargon of the day. Bro. I knew what that meant, and I, I'm like, I'm in on the secret. And yeah, right, right, like that is so cool that they're like, how can they say that on the radio? And 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 granted, when I got older, I got more into, um, you know, like a, I think the next it was probably when I was in my late twenties that I really went deep. Mm-hmm. And I think the obviously Asia was was uh was huge yeah but uh i, I gotta tell you that that uh uh, uh what is it uh, katie lied was the mm-hmm. one that did it for me mm-hmm. and that lyric from and we re- we recorded this song you mean dr Wu? dr Wu. Yeah. but katie yeah. lied was the record that, right right that exactly turned me on to like wow like i i had only listened to pop music or or uh salsa music at that point and and it didn't have the same kind of uh, like jazz mm-hmm. kind of influence, mm-hmm. like hipness. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of it actually. The, the I'm talking out of my ass here, but the the Latin jazz stuff absolutely didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the salsa, but it's in in such a different context. Yes. that's not as obviously pop. Like some of this stuff was on the radio, right? And it just that boggles my mind, especially when we listen to the radio now. Yeah, it, it, and and if you can imagine, <clears throat> you know, five thousand miles away in rural Massachusetts mm. there's a there's a skinny I was skinny once there's a skinny white boy singing the Cuervo Gold 
the fine coat, lovey, thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? Yep. What the, what is fine Colombian? I don't even know. <laughs> I'll take it. Truth be told, that might be the only lyric that I understand when it comes to Steely Dan. I told you just seconds ago, I, there's 80% of their lyric, I still, I know. Not, not only do I not know what the hell they're talking about, I don't even know what Donald is saying. Yeah. I right. make a, I have like my own little phonetic kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm we're cutting this thing, we're cutting these records and and I have to go to the songbook. Yeah. Because like what what word was that? Yeah. You know, and um a, a great example is this um in any major dude, uh have you ever seen a squonk's tear? Oh, f- what? Bro, I don't yeah. know. Apparently it's like a mythological creature in the and the tea, and the and if it cries, something happens. I mean, I don't know. I still that is not nuts. only yeah. was I like, I would just sing or you know I'd sing it phonetically. Have you ever seen a squonks tears? Like, you know, have have you ever seen a squonks tears? You know, like I, I'm just like, oh, okay. And the a, melody to that line is it gets that's what makes it so kind of uh, uh, obtuse is that it's just. Yeah. It, it kind of flows so quickly. It's anyway. Yeah, I I'm still in the dark, and yeah, thank God I have this uh, Steely Dan lyric book because, you know, I having released the the Home at Last Volume One, I joined a bunch of Steely Dan groups on mm. Facebook, and bro, they are nuts, nuts. They're they're they yeah they're into it. it every day there's like a thousand posts about. A particular lyric about have you have you seen this video? How Does anybody that? know what this means or whatever? And 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 it, and it you know it's shared a gajillion times and five thousand comments on it. I'm thinking these people are they're fucking crazy about yeah, this band. They absolutely you know? are. Yeah. As am I. As am I. But I don't. I don't. I can't. I almost don't want to dissect it like that. No, no, no. I no, want no. it to have some yeah. sort of uh, mystical meaning, and I'm guarding my experience with Steely Dan because I don't want these crazy motherfuckers to get in front of it. I don't know. It's strange. Well, that, that, that's a, it's an. I mean, as a curious person, as a musician as well, it's kind of easy to get to get. Uh, you know, they leave a breadcrumb, and the next thing you know, you're you're yeah. you're down the hole. Right. Because I mean, there's some amazing. I would love. There's so many questions I would have. Yeah. If I had those two guys in front of me, you know, yeah, or even Rich Murata or one right. of the one of the session cats that right. they use because they use right. so many of them. There's all this lore right. that that tends to expand yeah. and grow um, as the years pass. Like yeah. it's yeah, it's a it's a special thing. Yeah, well, I I love the fact that you love them just as much as I do, and, and yeah, man, I got to thank you for being a part of that project because I I can't wait. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe Home at Last Volume Two will be out. But before or after this podcast, I don't even know. Is this a podcast or are we just? I think we're just hanging. At I this think point. we're just hanging, drinking uh, some some some, some whisk. Some wet touch the whisk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick question, man. Yeah. I know we got to wrap here pretty soon. Uh, but and then I got to ask you about. Uh, I got to ask you about. I found you. Ah, so yes, we'll get, we'll, you won't, we'll get there after. For you, was there ever a time in your development in terms of? Like your your uh, your your stage presence or your no your uh, your awareness on stage where you were fearless, and then it changed to where you realized that 
perhaps you didn't know what you thought you know and or what you thought you knew. Uh huh. I'm talking about like there was a time when I was in my bedroom, like practicing. I was envisioning like playing in front of you know a stadium of people and just wanting that and, and yeah. wanting that energy back and and being so confident. And then it changed at a point, and I, I became like super vulnerable, and to huh. the point where it 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 was it uh, it it kind of became an anxious thing. Like holy shit! Huh. Like I'm maybe. In other words, I, I I was so obliviously and stupidly confident for mm-hmm. no reason mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. all. I see. And then at a, after at a point where I actually had some skill set under my fingers. I uh, I lost it and I got a bit uh, like I started getting in my head. Right. Did that ever happen to you? Um. Uh, well, I I can tell you this. Um, you know, uh, playing you know playing in bars, in in high school, and in college, um, and looking back at the music, I'm not saying that that. I'm not saying that the it was a lot about the hang. First of all, like mm-hmm. just put four friends on the stage, they're typically going to have a a good time. And yeah. you add like a liter and a half of Jägermeister and everything's going to be great. <laughs> I, until I it isn't. <laughs> until it isn't. Yeah. But you're bl- like you say, I guess, you're kind of like blissfully unaware. Yeah. You 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 you're you're a moron. I mean, I was a moron. Absolutely, that's not going to help. So was I. That's not going to help me be do the best, right? You know, but it was it was almost more about just like being in a in a band and and like it's like, it's like a gang, you know, like yeah. you can't you can't fuck with us. We're we're on stage. We're we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. Um, um, and I I I don't think I don't get anxious about it. I, I never really got anxious. It was really the only place that. Being on stage and playing music with my friends was really the only place where everything felt completely mm-hmm. natural and fun. And that's, yeah. I've been chasing fun forever, my entire life. Yeah, I hear so you. So okay. to find it was almost a relief, you know, to, to, to know exactly what I needed to do to have a ball and to be completely comfortable. And, you know, as my, as my awareness of my lack of knowledge, I would say, um, I, I, actually, maybe I might amend this because there certainly was a time, and I think that it was when I was asked uh, uh, to play Voce Lounge in mm-hmm. Scottsdale. People are listening at that point. People it's... are listening, and I'm I'm on stage with some right. fucking heavies, okay. right? And I realize how... Uh, inept I am I or perhaps how easy you had it before in terms of well yeah expectation I mean, you're right there, yeah. there was no expectation it was again let's just have fun you know that yeah. that sort of mentality yeah. and it and it quickly changed when you know yeah Mike Florio's on drums Mel Brown is on bass Steve Gadd's in the audience Steve or George, Gad, George, Benson. George Benson's at the bar Arm of colors, like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, coming up, you know. Yeah. Um, you, I quickly realized. Um, but that didn't that didn't give you, like, like it didn't affect you negatively, like in terms of of your, uh, your your psyche. 
No, again, I think I think it was on some level it was some sort of ignorance, some sort of oh, we're just we're just gonna jam this tune. Okay, cool. Like I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, only looking back, uh, I'm am I nervous? You know, like in the okay. moment, I was totally fine. That's it was great. Just like, we're yeah. just having a fucking ball. Like I had to work through that. I didn't have that immediately. Yeah. Like yeah. I was too aware. Uh, starting out in bands where there was no expectation and then eventually like playing beside people that I uh, absolutely adored right. and and to a certain extent like definitely needed their at the time needed their approval of what yeah. I do because mm -hmm. they were the standard mm -hmm. so I definitely got in my head and it, it, I mean I feel like if I could go back and do that again um, I know I would, I would, I would perform if I knew if I had, um, the, the solace and, and the comfort that I have right now. Mm. And it, honestly, it all comes from, from playing guitar and singing because I feel super comfortable doing that, even though that guitar is not my first instrument, yeah. but there is a, it's easier for me to get up there by myself and hmm. sing a song that I wrote and even if I make a mistake, it's like, yeah, whatever. But mm -hmm. that pressure cooker of the environment of being mm -hmm. in a 14-piece salsa band yeah. with Carlo Perazzo on, on my right and um, Carlos Caro, you know, or whoever other, like, grandiose name from the San Francisco Bay Area salsa scene who are, they're motherfuckers. Yeah. They're, they're, it doesn't get much better than that. Right. Um, it, it's certainly, I, I certainly felt like, the the first like five or six years of my musical upbringing did not prepare me for that because mm -hmm. it the expectations were rather low it was mm -hmm. free mm -hmm. everyone's all fucked up on stage anyways right. Right. in this situation it was uh yeah. well yeah sharing sharing the stage with a bunch of heavies is gonna is yep. gonna is gonna yeah kind of you get real quick yeah. it's if gonna rewire your situation yeah and, and that it took a minute for for me to anyhow to 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 get away for, to to deal with that. But uh, it's yeah. it's interesting, um, <clears throat> and and not, you know, whatever, not to to blow s s smoke out my ass, not up not up my ass, but out of it, which is there's a name for that in the Urban Dictionary. But it's complicated. Talk about that. And it's uh, no, but I, I mean I played some some really nice. Room, some leg. I mean, you know, yeah. legendary stages. You guys uh, did Carnegie, right? Fucking Carnegie Hall. Puta, man. I remember walking out on stage, me and Rich to join, you know, our 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 colleague Greg and his incredible uh, wife uh, Kelly O'Hara. She it was her gig, and Shit. she called us out. And I remember, I wasn't that nervous. I don't. I don't know. I, I just. That's beautiful. But the the but but. If you put me in front of ten people in like a house concert scenario, I, I, I'm more nervous because you know obviously the spot. It's much more intimate. Much more intimate. Yeah, and you it's, know it's it's it, that, it's that that it's laser laser is, focus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just one I hear cat. What you're saying. I was one cat. You right. know, on a stage of heavies, but I recognize that in a legendary space in a legendary room, it's com it's sold out. There's thousands of people there. Yeah, man. And I was just like, ah, I'm just going to, I get to, I'm just going to play some guitar and do some singing, you know, but you know, like playing say a uh, five to eight, even the, the, the porch concert series yeah. that we do, I tend to be like, 
oh man, I really have to bring my A game. I have to bring my A game to five two eight, not to Carnegie Hall. Like something is. That's interesting. That's, it is yeah, a little strange. That's something to think about. I, I, I don't understand. I don't that. understand it either. It's beautiful though. Well, I guess it's you know, I still think about that Carnegie shit, and I'm like, I, there's a there's a picture that someone took of Rich and I as we're walking, you know, just our backs as we're walking onto that stage, and I'm thinking, you are so dumb. You are the dumbest. <laughs> you are the most ignorant motherfucker <laughs> I've ever met. You should have been crapping your pants. And it's and, about being present, Brian. And I think you're, you're better at that than I am, <clears throat> you know, and I love that. I'm getting better at it, yeah. you know, yeah. but I, I think just simply embracing that moment, it is what yeah. it is. And you can, we'll talk, we'll think about it later, but this yeah. is what's going on right, right now. Right. And I'm definitely getting better at, yeah. at, at that, you know? So. Well, and I'm just, I'm, I'm so impressed that you, that, that, that you successfully transitioned from hmm. being a salsa player, uh, to a drummer, you know, and I've seen you with a bunch of local cats being the drummer, playing that role, but then also transitioning to being a really great singer-songwriter. Oh, thanks, Brian. And that's hard, Thank man. You, man. That's Thank you, bro. not only changing the instruments, but doing it in a way that, you know, is compelling in every in everything you do, right? You're all over the Steely Dan shit with me as a, as a conga player, percussionist. Yeah. You you know, lead your own bands. Most times when you're playing the drums and singing, you're like the next fucking goddamn Bill <laughs> Collins. And then you can get up and play these great, sweet songs. And maybe this is a good transition yeah. to Fordham Road, mm, uh, yeah, the okay. record that you put out in 2017. Yeah, late 2017. Great songs. Thank in- you. Incredible band. The production is great. It's a really, I mean, that record is like, you know, an early seventies, uh, just has that warmth, that Ooh. vibe. Um, have you ever thought actually side note, have you thought about putting, doing a vinyl? Uh, definitely. Yeah. 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 I'd I, love to have some vinyl, man. I would love to also. And I, I, uh, I hope to do that. And, it's uh, so fucking expensive. I it's like, got it's that like, far yet. It's like, I think it's like nine or $10 a, a pressing. pressing. Yeah. And but they probably it, will let you do like only so many, and so it's still going to be a chunk of change. Well, yeah, well, or, even, you know, you do the, you do a hundred or whatever, right? Uh, uh, that's up a large. And then you know, do you do you remaster the tunes for vinyl because, Oof. you know, because you're mastering it basically for a CD. Is that a thing? I mean, so you know, it's coming off of a year of not a lot of work. Yeah, it's hard right. to be like, no, nah, I'm just going to press a bunch of. Vinyl. I, I think that's definitely going to going to happen. I, yeah. I would hope to, I would hope that it would happen for worth the fight too. Uh. And just just so everybody knows, because um, no one really knows me outside of like a four mile radius <laughs> of people that <laughs> that I hang with. So I essentially I came into town, and a buddy is my buddy of mine is like, "Yo, you got to check out two people." Is like check out Brian Chartran, and then um, his band has this thing with this really cool cat named Kyle Phelan, um, like on Tuesday nights and they just do their thing. So I checked out Brian, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle first, mm. cause it was the second night I was here. That's crazy. Yeah. And I met all the guys and I, I, I at had rock bar. Yeah. At rock yeah. bar. And I had met Adam had, produ- had tracked on one of my tunes while I was still living in the Bay area, but I didn't know the rest of the guys. I mean, I knew Mel Brown, of course, but essentially um, I saw you at the, uh, I know I opened up for you with Stanley at Crescent Ballroom. I was playing percussion and that's the first time I met you and you gave me a record, gave me your CD and um, 
I looked at who was, I looked at the liner notes, looked at who was on the sessions yeah. and I essentially, uh, it, like hired your band <laughs> with the exception of Mike Florio and yourself. <laughs> so, That's so everyone funny. that you hear on, on, uh, with the exception of maybe one person, uh, is, is, essentially Brian Chartrand's band on the Fordham Road record. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I hope he's not too sensitive of a guy because at the time we, we would hang a little bit, but we didn't know each other that well. No, I, no. So. And, and, and the, the, the thing is that th- those, those players, Adam Armijo, Lamar Gaines, Mario, Mario you know, Mario Mendeville. Mario Mendeville yeah. Um, it's yeah. like, you just can't go wrong. Been so long since I had the real thing. I love that say was true always looking in from the outside until I found you I will sing something from Springsteen as the moon lit up the clouds in the sky you were busy doing your own thing samba dancing by the Let's talk about I Found You. You were, uh, it's such, it's, I mean, obviously I hear a lot of Jackson Brown mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic in it and, and some Steely Dan and, mm-hmm. and, and you, um, and, um, first song off of Fordham Road. And, and if that doesn't hook you in, your soul is dead <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you need to have your ears checked and maybe your prostate checked. I need that myself. Well, bend over. Okay. And hello. And, uh, we'll take another break and uh, <laughs> okay. hear from our sponsors. While Brian grabs a oven mitt. <laughs> and I don't even need a... Some tongs <laughs> and uh, a couple coffee of... beans. Hey, oh, Crisco. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about I Found You. Um, tell me just briefly, uh, tell me briefly kind of what inspired the song and then um, saying it so I don't forget it. Um, I've already forgotten it. No, um, the the inspiration. Mm. Oh, and then tell me that story if you don't mind. Uh, that you told me before uh, we started this, whatever this is called, uh, this podcast. Uh, because I I want to talk about getting emotional playing playing mm. the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found you is the first tune on the record, and it's also the first song that I I wrote for the album. No shit. Yeah, yeah. It's the Holy first song. Shit. Yeah, so and I was still I was still thinking a bit about like the pop scenario, like maybe coming from something that's catchy and writing outward. Uh-huh. Um and, and so I think it's it might be the most pop conscious kind of song in terms of, of uh melody and and form on the whole record, um, with the exception of Come My Way. But uh, uh yeah, it was it's also the probably the, the truest um or autobiographical song on the record too, yeah. because uh, uh, it 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 was the spark that 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 kind of set off um, a six week kind of uh, flow of consciousness that that produced that whole record. Wow, 
So it, that was the first one, and and it's essentially a, a chronicle of of how I met uh, my girl, my ex. She's my ex girlfriend. Yeah. Um. Um. But at the time, I was so grateful just to be in a city. You know, I had just moved to 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 Phoenix uh, for the third time or whatever, and I was so grateful mm-hmm. to not be under the yoke of that 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 Bay Area like. Um, 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 economic mm. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, pressure. Mm. Yeah. And things were f- finally starting to, to come together. I had a decent gig playing drums for, for this band that had steady work. And, uh, I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to, to write a, a, a true song. Cause mm. a lot of the stuff that I did before was, was loosely based in the truth, but most of it was made up. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, a compelling yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, but, but, it, but maybe there's a shred here. Yeah, absolutely. But this, especially the first couple verses, simply chronicles, or the first verse chronicles the the, the night that we met, uh, Celeste and I, and and uh, uh, it it uh, it it kind of went from there, and 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 I, I we talked about this earlier, but I've never been, uh, I've never got a, gotten emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right. on stage, right. and I've I've been singing original music for quite a long time, but I think the 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 combination of the fact that I have not been able, mm. I've sang this song, you know, a ton of times, right. in in environments that no one's eh, maybe there's a few people paying attention, but it was an actual like kind of, you know, a, a, a concert situation, and I was able to tell a bit of a, a of the story, a little bit of a, a backstory about the tune, right. And this is just uh, yesterday. I I uh, I, I, I kind of lost it, and I yeah. could not get through the lyrics because yeah. they were so true at the moment mm-hmm. that 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 I wrote them. And when I when I think back to the time to where I am right now, and to where Celeste and I are right now, I hope she doesn't mind me using her name. But uh, we're 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 in a, a, a much different place, and it's just it's so amazing how time. Is so fucking relentless, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we're still we're thankfully we're in a great place where we're we're still we still I still connect with her several times a week. Um, cool. Yeah, I still adore That's her. Incredible. Yeah, man, I'm grateful for that. But you know, there's a lot of regret. Like I I I certainly wish that that situation would have worked out because it it's just a uh, yeah. And those you know. and those emotions, you know. And I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but when I've found recently uh, to be in a similar position where songs that I have been singing for, you know, 10 years uh, are now, for some reason, emotional. Yeah. And and, and you touched on it, but um, I'm wondering if, like, what amount of it is the, is the autobi- autobiographical aspect of the song versus... You know, just the fact that we're uh, like able I get, to work again, I, yeah, and and me. connect with with humans, and it, and you know, we I talk I talk about this with a lot of songwriters. Um, um, how like do you think of like how deep into the song uh, do you yep. do you connect yep. uh, th- those moments? Like if you wrote a song about someone or there's a shard of that person in the song. Like, do you think about them in that moment? Um, does it, 
does it, do you find a disconnect over a certain amount of time from that moment? Never at, for me. At what point well, do you, sorry. well, no. Yeah. At what point, like I certainly, I, I would say just for me, if, if there is something autobiographical uh, in this song, that emotion tends to wane over time. Um, and, mm -hmm. and is, is, you know, as, as you say, like, um, if that is the most autobiographical song on the record and other, and other tunes, let's say are just kind of a, a, a story that, that you've created and maybe there's a bit a shred yeah, here. And yeah. There. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm finding that I'm, I'm becoming emotional about playing. It's not necessarily the song, although the song has, has, has a role in it, but there's just this whole new heaviness and, and weight and not in a bad way, but just, just an intensity of playing these songs that, you know, two years ago we'd play the drop of a hat and, and, and everyone would be laughing and high-fiving. Yeah. And, yeah. But now there's some sort of weight to certain songs for whatever reason. And 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 I might uh, uh, tear up playing Barrel Man, which I, has no uh, relevancy to me, uh, or Morning Sun, which, which does. So, mm -hmm. you know... I don't know. It's 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 just I'm struggling or not struggling, but I'm experiencing a very similar thing. Okay, um, I feel good just, hearing that. <laughs> just a just an a, an intense emotional response to something that we have we would do in our sleep, but for whatever reason, in certain scenarios, it's hyper emotional. This could say a lot about. I had a, a conversation with Matt Thornton about this. And I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, you know what? That guy. He's, he's just his, yeah, it's the hair. It's the, you know. It's the glass. It's the it's all he's always wearing a black V-neck shirt. He's tall. He's taller than me. He's way taller than me. He tries to pick me up like a baby sometimes. I'm like, it's that just is really rude. demeaning, man. Yeah, man. Come on, dude. No, I love that guy. Dear friend. So we were having a conversation and and he explained to me that he simply he simply has the same mindset and the same approach and mm -hmm. sometimes the same performance mm -hmm. no matter where he is yep. i can't do that no so the in my situation brian i i've sang that song innumerable innumerable times over the last you know like few years four sure. four years or whatever um but it it definitely depends on the venue and the vibe yeah, yeah. so if i know i'm able to, to immerse myself in those lyrics mm -hmm. because people are listening and there's not a lot of ambient noise going right. on, then the, 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 the crowd is going to allow me to put myself into mm -hmm. the place that, where I was when I wrote that fucking song. Well, and that's what got me last night. Well, and I think that I would say this about house concerts, and this, this kind of goes back to the, the, the previous conversation about you know getting nervous, not getting nervous for Carnegie Hall, but getting nervous for a house concert. Is because in the house concert, you go back there, like you because you're talking about the song. Yep, you that kind did of it go, for me. You go Hell back yeah. to that moment, right? And the things that were inspiring, and the things that that mm -hmm. that led you to that song. And that's what I love about house concerts and and porch concerts and, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. The ability, um, I I I've always said that the ability to break down a song before you hear it is is like is like your trump card 
<clears throat> because I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Well, in other words, like if as a, as a fresh listener in a house concert scenario, and you let's say the guy doesn't or the girl doesn't intro the the tune, you have no background, you have no entry into this oh, song. Gotcha. Okay, you're listening you. to it with different ears. As soon as the songwriter says, you know, this particular thing, you you'll hear about this in the second verse, and or this this is what I was thinking when this happened. You're you're you are tuning their ears mm, mm, mm. in a different way yeah, than they would just come in cold, right? Yeah. You're giving them checkpoints. And you're also putting yourself in that situation. You're, you're going back to that yep. moment. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. Which is which is yeah. a powerful thing and not something that you would get say at at some bar when you're you know three hour hit and you're just chugging through whatever john denver tunes when as soon as you have to go back to that moment uh and and that's i love i love that and i love that um that rawness and and returning you know in a sense to that initial inspiration uh to the moment that mm-hmm. you know or the or the scenario or the interaction that led to that that particular lyric and i love to point those out because those are the goal the 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 the, the signposts mile for, markers yes for for your listener and you get to which is it's it's kind of a crazy thing you you get to steer them in a direction you mm-hmm. know which which is cool some songs you yeah. you wouldn't say anything about because well just let it wash over you some songs you can say, listen for this, this, and this, because this and this and this happened. Like, I love that interaction. And to a certain extent, I like to go back to that moment of inspiration. But um, I just, I like, I like to be able to highlight certain things. I agree. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, that, and that's. Well, it's just, it's just nice to have the the time. Yeah. And, and not to have that, that, that constraint of, of, you know. Um, I'm like, hey, worry about the the, the downtime between these songs right. because this, these people are, you know, we're trying to sell right. beers here or right. we're trying to sell whatever, and that's right. fine. I get right. that too. Right. But right. it certainly is wonderful to be able to to share a moment with people. Yes. Well, we're here together. Yeah. We're doing this right now. I see. You I, and I are here. I think that I think that in in some of my favorite uh, gigs that I look back on the whatever 12, 13 years that I've been doing this full time or whatever some of the gigs that that for me in a scenario where like let's say you're, you're you're playing a brunch and you could get up and it's a three-hour hit and you could just get up and play whatever right. people respond to yeah there was one hit i i, I did um uh a postino on central uh for 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 a minute and it was me and todd and i not an early guy you know i'd get there at 10 or whatever and 10's early for me and uh and i really had to change i had to switch right i had to i had to go i had to be on right of course or or i would just chug through tunes and people would eat their uh, poached eggs and, and fuck off as soon as i can flip the switch and be that guy even for not original songs for cover songs give people entry into why you're playing this cover song and your connection to it. And it, that goes a long fucking it way. It sure does. I think that's a great training ground for, yes. for playing the original music thing. Yes. Guys like, well, I played 400 gigs a year for the last three and a half years prior that's to COVID. fucking insane. Which is crazy, right? But that gave me 
I, I was able to, to, I don't know if I could read crowds right, but I certainly was able to learn, know yes. that, that if I can make a connection yes. with you, my night's going to be a lot easier yes. than if you're not, right. if you could give a fuck. Right. You know, because right. it's not about, like, it's, I, I don't need that, that, that uh, gush of, of, of uh, gratification right. that you like me. I just right. want to know that you're on the, you know, like we're in this together. It's, yeah. it's a, like we're, we're experiencing this at the same time. But tell me, but tell me it, do you, do you, do you naturally come into that? Or I do. Or do you have to flip a switch? Nope. I have to. That's the only way I can do what I, what I do unless it's a fucking concert. Right. Because then it's just, it's auto, it's autopilot because I know I'm going to perform that song differently. Right. right. And you and I are in a moment. You and I mean the, the audience right. or whoever. Right. And we're, and we're going to go somewhere. And I'm, I'm hoping you're going to be with me, but whether you're not or, or I, I'm, I'm going to be there either way. But when it comes to me working in someone else's establishment mm-hmm. and they're going to pay me money to do that, I'm, I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. I, I have to. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go nuts, dude. Right. So no, yeah. I think that's. That's and sometimes substances kind of help that. I'm going to be no, honest I, with you. Maybe I shouldn't be so no. forthcoming, but I may need a little something to, yeah, I, to put me through that. Uh, but like I, I did a hit a, a, a couple nights ago, um, and uh, was just drinking water, you know, and 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 kind of a house concert vibe, and um, I did the set. I did the first set. And it was fine, you know, yeah. whatever. You got the goods. It's going to be fine. Well, it's always going to be more than fine. But, but you know, I think in the end, as soon as you flip the switch, it's better for them and it's better for you. Right? What do you mean when you say flip the switch? Well, in other words, like as soon as I start to engage and interact and, yeah. and you know what it took? It took a glass of wine. Right. See, Just a see, little bit. Unfortunately, just, I'm a people pleaser and yeah. I have to have that immediately or I'm, I feel like a piece of shit. Right. Like I want to say something over the mic that lets you know that, Hey, I'm here for you. Like it's a, yeah. it's a thing it's, it's a reciprocal kind of thing. Right. I don't want to be the guy in the corner, you know, doing whatever the fuck he wants to right. do. I, I would, that's fine if I'm on a stage and people paid money, right. You know, to, to see a singer songwriter do his thing. Right. But if I'm no nah, man, I have to, and not just that, I know this is probably gonna sound hella cheesy dude, but, but I, I usually know the bartender Right. All the servers. Right. All the staff. All the staff. Yeah, yeah man. They all so know it's you like, by name. You know them by yeah, name. Yeah, so a, I'm not trying to mess thing. up their game either. Right, right. Because if I suck, their tips are probably going to tank too. Right. And, and I don't want That's a lot to, of weight to carry. I don't want to do that. I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't mind it, dude, because, bro, I've done construction. I've done yeah. like a, an office gig in like the early 90s i know man i, I don't want yeah. to do anything else brian right, right plus i'm able to drink on my cake i know i'm sorry that sounds so terrible but no but it's but, but it's like how many i, I i'm gonna have a taste i'm gonna right. have a, you know i'm yeah. gonna joke around with yeah. the crowd yeah i don't care if you want if yeah if you ask me for a goo goo doll song and i know it bet your ass i'm gonna fucking play it right. you do that at the mim or right. whatever right. that's not gonna happen right. right and i love that band right but um you know, no, it's not, it's just, I don't, I've yeah. been doing this for less time than you. So maybe that's, maybe I'll get a bit, uh, my, jaded. My, my, yeah, <laughs> perhaps a bit more jaded, but nonetheless, let's no, make more yeah. music together, yeah. BC. You're I'm my favorite it. guy uh, in this town. That's not true. Absolutely favorite guy in this town. And my whole thing is, I said it twice last night. 
I don't ever say to his fucking face, <laughs> fuck him, man. This guy's my whiskey drinking partner. But it is the truth. You know, I, I just, uh, from the second I heard your stuff, I'm like, wow, that's the band I need to be in. Unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not Mike Florio or Todd Shuba, but I know I'm a damn good drummer yeah. and I can also play some percussion. So it's like, fuck I don't, yeah. I'll get in where the fuck I can get in. Bro. I can sing some background vocals for you. I play some percussion on the records, whatever. I, I'm just grateful to know you. And I, I believe in what you do. And, and, likewise. uh, quite simply, you're my favorite guy in town. You have been since the first time I heard you and worth the Love fight me. is a fucking brilliant record dude thanks man fuck thanks, yeah man. otherwise i wouldn't have stole your band <laughs> love you bc fucking miguel <laughs> way to fucking end this shit He's cheers like, oh fucking hell all right salute love you man love you thanks for doing this appreciate you in a day when we were friends i haven't seen them for a year or so Dude, Billy Bob Thornton would punch me in the face if you heard me saying that right now. <laughs>